Cecilia Vega, ABC. Sir, sanctions clearly have not been enough to deter Vladimir Putin to this point. What is going to stop him? How and when does this end? And do you see him trying to go beyond Ukraine? And a second question I'll just give to you now. This statement that he gave last night, will, that the, West, the threat that he gave, the West will face consequences greater than any you have faced in history. Is he threatening a nuclear strike? I have no idea what he's threatening. I know what he has done, number one. And number two, no one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. It has to show, this is going to take time, and we have to show resolve. So he knows what's coming. And so the people of Russia know what he's brought on them. That's what this is all about. It's a take. Fact. Fact. Oops, sorry. Well, hey, welcome to our Chitty Opinion. Uh, Triggering left this one opinion at a time. Don't forget you can leave a text or a voicemail at 339-224-4341. This is Soul here speaking. If you don't already know, um, Russia has invaded the Ukraine. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect with that, you know, whether we're going to do something, don't do something. The news was confused. It seemed like they weren't going to do anything, and then, boom, they did something, which, in turn, is part of the Russian playbook, from what I understand. So there is no real shocker in all reality, considering Russia is always considered uh, Ukraine-like part of them. So that was our fearless leader telling us that he has no idea what Russia has planned and that the sanctions that he put in, like, you know, they try to do when they put sanctions on these countries to scare them when um, you have a country that has nothing to lose because they don't have anything to begin with, they don't give a shit. And when you're trying to sanction them with, like, their rich people who have already been sanctioned and threatened before, they've pretty much probably already moved their money and done whatever, and they don't care. When you sanction them from uh, natu- natural gas or in a c- country that produces their own natural gas, they don't give a shit. When a country is already in debt and you take a, you prevent them from accessing uh, money from the Western banks, they still don't give a shit. And this is a result of that. And poor Ukraine is sitting there alone because they're not part of NATO. They are not part of Russia, obviously. And there's people sitting there um, suffering. I had messaged an f- old friend of mine that I haven't talked to in years, but she is from Kiev to check in, make sure everything was okay with her. She's naturally upset, but she actually lives in Germany and her family is stuck in Kiev, but she didn't want to elaborate anymore. She was too upset, but I didn't really want her to. I just wanted to make sure she was okay. The um, So, I mean, whatever's going on, if you haven't seen it, there's tons of videos out there, and it's anything from people walking down the street and missiles um, flying overhead to reporters walking and then other explosions happening and, you know, people out in the streets trying to, uh, you know, uh, do anything. There's, there's, there's old school people talking to soldiers, trying to figure out why they're there, like you know, and you know, all upset and getting in soldiers, uh, Russian soldiers' faces. There is uh, obviously plenty of scenes of people trying to leave their own country, get into Poland, and sorry, that was a text. And it's you know, from a Western perspective, that doesn't that hasn't been through this. None of us have. Most of us haven't. Who are even listening listen to this? And hold on a second.
Sorry. I had to get people to stop texting me. And what the hell was I saying? Yeah, from being in the West, it's... It, you know, you don't see this stuff. And most people listening have never seen this stuff. We couldn't imagine this stuff. We grew up in a very, very, um, very, very uh, privileged world in a, in a privileged environment, you know, where, you know, we don't worry about this t- these type of things. And, you know, over there, there you have, and they have been for a long time. Now, here, here's the problem. A lot of people wonder, you know, why we get involved? Should we get involved? I personally don't think we should get involved in anybody's business until we figure out our own business. And I think there's a lot of people who feel that way too. But the problem with that is that we can't. When you put yourself in the position in, a, in, in with the world and you are the, 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 the big brother that everybody looks up to, you're screwed. And you put yourself in that position. Now you're going to forever be in that position until it, someone else takes over that role. And since we've been the bailout for every NATO country and every, you know, everybody else who who might have a resource that we want, it's been it's been like been, been stuck that way. So should we get involved? No. Do we have to get involved? Probably. But are we going to get involved? Probably not. And the reason why is it all comes down to energy. We can't afford to get involved. And we don't, you, when you get involved with a country that literally has nothing to lose, it, it, they will do anything, you know. And uh, Putin has inferred that he's, he would, you know, take nuclear action if the West got involved. And that would not be a good thing. They've already seized Chernobyl, which is a, a nuclear waste ground. And I don't know who God knows what they can do with that. Um, we should get involved for the simple idea that to keep our promises, which is what the NATO countries made to Ukraine back in the 90s when they said, give up your nukes and we'll protect you hand and over fist and they haven't done that obviously um especially when putin went after crimea back in what was that was that during uh biden or i mean biden was that during obama or i think it was obama and oh bush was one or the other and they haven't done it um, we also, you know, let made promises to Afghanistan, and obviously we let them down. So at this point, Russia don't give a shit because they know that we don't keep our promises. And so why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they take the action that they took that they wanted to take? Whatever President Trump was doing was working. I've heard arguments where, and this is normal citizen arguments, where they're like, um, people would say, and the news says this too, but the normal citizen argument that takes it from the news is that Putin had Trump in his back pocket. That's why he didn't do anything. That makes no sense. That would have been a perfect time to do something because you knew for sure nothing was going to happen. So it was an ass-backwards thought process on that one. No, countries sit back and wait. Countries that want power, countries that are authoritarian and know how that, that it's a process. The communist process is long. 
and they know that. So you, they, they are patient, and they were patient. And they knew at some point there was going to be a weaker, a weak point in this global leader, which is the United States. And here it is. It had it was it had inklings of it in the Obama administration. It had any inklings of it during the Bush administration. It skipped the Trump administration by chance, right? Yeah. Okay. And now it's happening during the Biden administration. And after Biden had made all these threats, saying that. Putin didn't want me and doesn't want me in office. I'm the only one who's going to stand up to him. And he's done absolutely nothing. Nothing. Again, another lie during his, I don't even know if you want to call it his his um, his uh, campaign tour, considering that he spent most of the time on the ground or in his bedroom or at the nursing home. But that was one of the things he had said. Putin doesn't want me in office. And hold on, actually, I think I even have that. If people, if, if anybody's listening that does not believe me, I will see if I can find the clip real quick. And I don't know if I can because I don't think I have it in my clips section. No, I do not. I have the tweet. The tweet says. Um, Vladimir Putin does not want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our number, our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in this field who's ever going to go toe-to-toe with him. <clears throat> How's that going? How's it going? He doesn't seem remotely scared. And like I said earlier, it's hard to say earlier, it's coming down to energy. It's just, that's it. It's, it, it's Everything comes down to money and energy, and that's where all the money is. And when... Russia, <clears throat> excuse me, when Russia has uh, so many countries that rely on them for energy, then what, like, what, what, what are they going to do? I mean, France is part of the one that relies on them least, and 24% of the country relies on them for, for fossil fuels and natural gas. Um, I mean, there's a good 10 countries, I believe. They rely on them. I don't have the list in front of me, and they're all spread out throughout Europe. And so, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to do nothing. And the United States is paying, pay, buying six hundred barrels of oil from them a day. I mean, never mind that if we had our own pipeline, the one that they shut down after the first two hours of being in office, we'd have eight hundred and thirty barrels of our own fuel a day. We wouldn't have to dip into reserves and sell reserves. Reserves are there for war times, not because of inadequacies in administration. A reserve that was empty in that the previous administration actually filled up at dirt cheap cost back when they were paying us to buy barrels. We were, they were paying the country's 37 30 something dollars a barrel to purchase it would only it was for a very short while like a day or half a day but they loaded up it's like buying stocks he loaded up on them and filled up a reserved and then fuck face over here is dipping into it because he's an idiot and thinks he's going to keep oil prices down or excuse me gas prices down and heating costs down now that it's gone up to a buck a hundred a buck five a barrel 
within the day. It started at 100 this morning. It went up. Now it's at a buck five. That means our gas prices are going to skyrocket again. And th- there is no way around it. There's no way to fight it. There's, there's, there, there's absolutely none. Because they get involved in that. And then, you know, Russia can just say, go fuck yourself. And the only other options really left there is if other countries decide to buy from us and buy from other countries, which in turn makes them look even more foolish because they're always pushing green energy, green energy. Well, you know, green energy doesn't exist because we got rid of you getting rid of nuclear um, power facilities around the world. Even though nuclear power is the cleanest energy you can get, even though it potentially is dangerous, but if you look at it as a whole, it's not dangerous. But yes, the fallout when it does happen is horrific. But that with the loss of those nuclear facilities, that we lose energy in, in, in situations where they're going to take away fossil fuels. And that's what this is really all about. It's about ego. If they take away, if Russia takes away the oil from most of these nations that is buying it from them, everybody's sunk. The big, these big fucking nations who've been sitting there listening, talking about spending trillions and trillions of dollars on green energy that would never, ever be enough for us to survive on would be wrong and who these people though these egos don't want to be wrong about their stupid fucking climate bullshit it's just they're trying to find other ways to make money because they're not making it money because their countries or their areas don't produce enough oil to sell and make the money off of so they try to do it with solar energy and fucking windmills and all that shit and you know what it, 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 it mathematically it, it can never get to that point where that would work. It would never. It'd be trillions and trillions of dollars that we don't have, and <clears throat> that would just continue to, to cause inflation. It costs about $5,000 a year, from what I understand, per person to, be, to live completely green. It would cost us five grand a year um, as opposed to, if not more. And that's, you know, that's only to get 50% of the world or the nation, or whatever it is, the the, the, the population using energy to be, um, and that's on average, that doesn't go with the people who use more energy, or the people who use less energy, or whatever it is, so regardless, it's a stupid, stupid thing, and that's what's screwing us all over, because we had to listen to some, on the spectrum, Swedish teenager cry about the future, and everybody's going to sit there and be up in arms about it and fucking be like, yeah, we need to be more green. You're right. And blah, 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 blah. While other countries are going, fuck you. We're still using all this. Um, you can't do any of that without us. You can't do anything without fossil fuels. You cannot run electricity and solar electricity without fossil fuels. So you're fucked. And that's essentially what it comes down to. And Putin's calling that bluff. Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, our two fearless leaders, will sit in there playing the same, like the other, yesterday alone, um, Harris said that these 
sanctions are there to deter an attack versus what Biden said today and said, like I played earlier, that the sanctions were not there to deter anything. We're not guaranteed to deter anything. They don't know what the fuck is going on. That's This administration does not communicate with each other and they don't know what the fuck is going on. That's what it comes down to. And the, the implications of this are a lot bigger because now the next sanctions they're going to put on, attempt to put on Russia is semiconductors, which is what they love to do that we get out of the United States is put semiconductor sanctions that either it's China and a, a section of China to that uses them because China is separated into sections and each section of the country produces their own thing. Uh, uh, products in the, the section of the country that buys semiconductors, they had put sanctions on them, and we would not sell to them. And what happened? Um, China figured out uh, trying to figure out a way to make them themselves. So where do they get them from? Taiwan and South Korea. They make semiconductors. And who are who is China going after next? South Korea and Taiwan. So what's that tell you? Russia is going to go to China for them. In that way, and in turn, China and Russia are going to work together to try to do whatever they need to do under these communist regimes of theirs to become a bigger power of their own, most likely. And that poses a problem. You got two nations with shitty economies who the only growth they have is in military power. And not saying only like it's a bad thing, but on the world global economic scale, they are nothings. Um, in, in in reality, if you look at the economy as in purchasing and buying power and all that fancy shit, um, China is in debt just as much as we are in debt, but their buying power is weaker. They produce everything themselves, which keeps them in business because everybody buys from them. They buy their shitty products. Um, so when you have nations like that who have who have basically worked their citizens as a whole into relying on them and groveling to them, what else do you have left for these people to be proud of? That's what it comes, like people wonder, like what what is, what motivates Russia to do this? Because Russia is a weak nation economically. They have nothing to offer the world. Obviously they have the oil and so forth and so on, but there are technically workarounds to that, uh, uh, workarounds with that. I mean, they can pause it all they want this this um, pipeline that they're trying to do, but the, the workaround is is not necessarily easy. But it's easy here because we could just you know I don't know open up our own fucking pipeline again, um, and start selling to the world and be and stop relying on these situations to fuck us. And but what else do they have? They really don't have anything to lose. And Putin's been looking to make this the Soviet Union that he grew up with, the world power, the big scary nation. And people are still scared of them because what's the, you know, who are you scared of the most? The person who has nothing to lose. And that's the position that he's in. That's the position he, that they they, they they were put in. And with them doing like be doing that and having that mentality, he's eventually over time got his people to believe in um, being patriots and pride. And 
you know, you look at it around the world, what's the one thing that's the most powerful thing when you look at sports? It's not, yes, I have the best sports scenes. Yes, I have this. It's the, the pride that people have in their countries. And if you can sit there and instill that on them, it's a powerful thing. I mean, look at it here in the United States. The left hates freedom and pride. They, they, there's been articles written about it for weeks now about the disdain for people wanting freedom and being patriots. They call it white supremacy and all this shit because the power behind it is immaculate. Now, when you have power behind it, but you have nothing else, like these people have nothing else to fall back on. The economy sucks, their jobs suck, their, their living on, as a whole sucks, you know, compared to the rest of the Western world. And so that's all they have. That's all they have to believe that they have over there and in China. And that, if that's all they have, that's, then they're going to fight hard for that because they're fighting for one thing. They don't, have to, they don't have to sit there and go, well, we didn't get, yeah, we fought for this and this and this and we lost one of them. No, there's still one thing they have and it's their bragging rights and their strength. And that's part of turning places communists and that's part of what they're trying to do here in the United States. They're trying to get people to fall in line with the government's trying to get people to fall in line with them so they can sit there and fight whatever their story is. Now, the problem is with that is that wokeism and stupid bullshit weaknesses has have become this administration's in the left's drive to what they would consider strengthen their own power with but, but all the while forgetting what's going on in the rest of the world. I've constantly through regular conversation, through this podcast, through other podcasts, has always pushed people in this country as a whole, the most, especially the ones who cry the most, have no fucking clue what goes on in the rest of the world. They have never seen it. They never sat there and actually discussed with an immigrant uh, like what they're leaving. Why did they come here? What's the story with why did you come here from Syria? Why did you come here from you know Mogadishu? Why did you come here from Egypt? Why did you come here from Africa or Southeast Asia or wherever? Why did you come here from there? They don't ask those questions because they're ignorant. Most of the citizens in this country, and we get made fun of for this worldwide, the arrogance of the United States by, by, and their lack of travel and understanding of the rest of the world. It's like people don't understand what homelessness is and poverty is in, in, until they've gone to a country that actually has it where they don't get assistance, where they live off of $5 a month. And over here, they, they get, you know, $600 a month from the government and $5, you know, every, every, you know, every 10 minutes. You know, and they call that poverty and horror. No, that's not. Poor people here are richer than the middle class in some in some in most countries. They're idiots. So what happens is we get so self-involved with the bullshit. Like the, one of my favorite videos that came out of the past year was a comparison in the recruiting videos between the the Russian army and or the Russian military and the U.S. military. You know, the Russian military looks like what you'd think it would. You know, be tough, be this and be that. Kind of like what ours were without the fancy jingles from the 80s that I grew up with. It's, it was, and ours was this, you know, um, I grew up with um, two lesbian parents and um, it was like a cartoon. It was, and it was so hard. It was so difficult. And look at me now, like it was all about inclusion and wokeness. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is, and it's, it's these instances where that bullshit doesn't work, where it fucks you. 
because the rest of the world sees what you're concentrating on. You're not concentrating on strength in your nation. You're concentrating on stupid bullshit that weakens a nation because all that did was divide shit. And this is exactly where they wanted us to be. If you could sit there and say that Trump divided us and this and that. No, the, the division started way back before that. All right. And then they just pushed it. The media pushed it further and further with a bunch of bullshit and lies. And people fell for it. And people still fall for that shit now. The division started way before then with, with you know, with the racism and, and all that stuff and anti-police stuff and the wokish bullshit back in the early um, 2011, probably 2013 era with this new group of fucking journalists. That's when it started. And when the world sees that, like, that the arrogance of Western nations that worry about that stuff, us, England, France, you know, all that, like, France hates this wokeism stuff that's making it over there, you know, in Canada. They see it like, it, it's weakness. Like, that's what you're concerned with in life and society. Those are the people that you're bailing out. You're allowing your own people to destroy your fucking, your neighborhoods. Like, we don't even have to go there to destroy your neighborhoods. We can go there and start a race war within. You guys will destroy yourselves from within. And that's exactly what we're doing. Like they see, that's a weakness. That's like sitting there and infiltrating, you know, your girlfriend's family and causing all of them to fight, because even though they hate you, causing all of them to fight and hate each other so you can leave with the girlfriend and be like, "See, I was right." It's bullshit, and that's what they see that's going on with this whole situation in in, in the Western worlds in the weakness that's going on in this country right now. You know, like we sat there in this, saying that we're going to boot out people, like career members of the military, people who've given their fucking lives and decades of their lives for shit pay to the military. We're going to kick them out because you're not vaccinated. To, to push an agenda and a narrative, we're going to kick you out. And they did. So... I mean, let's pray this never gets to the point that they have to, you know, they start doing a draft. If this does become a World War Three situation, you know, which has been somewhat of a, a prediction by um, a general or a couple, a couple of generals, um, in, the, in a few weeks ago or a couple months ago, because don't forget they they have known about this since November that this could be a thing and it was likely going to be a thing, but you know, no one ever did anything about it. So this isn't a new thing, like, oops, surprise, this has been around for a while, but say there is a fucking draft, you know, I've seen one tweet, oh, they should they should draft all the unvaccinated, nope, sorry, the, the great response by somebody was, sorry, I, already, I died from this horrible winter of death. Draft all the fucking vaccinated people, that's what you want, unvaccinated, can't be drafted, you're exempt. It's like having clubbed feet, can't get in, sorry, missing a limb too, yep, you can't get in, no, sorry, just the vaccinated people, that's it, that's what you wanted, you wanted all the people who wanted to be there to quit, so you could sit there and have blue-haired freaks in there instead, and soft people, and a bunch of pussies, which is exactly one of the keys to communism, which I've gone over before. You got to weaken the military. You can have as many fucking weapons and all that shit you want, but you don't have the right people pulling the triggers and making the decisions. No one gives a fuck. It doesn't matter. It's like 300. You can sit there and have this ego all you want, but the 300 soldiers who are stronger and have more will and have more pride are going to win time after time. And that's exactly what we would be going against. And we have a president and a vice president who have no fucking clue what's going on who have supposedly been talking to Putin, this and that, and blah, 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 who didn't know shit was going to happen. 
This shit happened overnight, Eastern Standard Time, and the president didn't come out and say shit till fucking 12 hours later. How pathetic is that? Because he was too busy fucking sleeping and drooling on himself or he kept shit in his diaper. Who knows? That's pathetic. Seriously, that's pathetic. Like, this is leadership. When, a, like, a world problem is going on, whether we're, we're involved or not, and you're not going to acknowledge it, especially when you were supposedly involved in all of it and you've been shit, talking shit for the past fucking three weeks, you know? That's like, come on. That's like the neighborhood bully talking shit to the other neighborhood bully, and the other neighborhood bu bully finally comes in and starts fucking spray-painting over all your houses and all your businesses and starts looting them all, and you sitting there staying in your house. And all you do is send out a tweet. Hashtag un united with Ukraine. What the fuck is a hashtag going to do? I love the hashtag brigade that goes around hashtagging shit. When has a hashtag ever fucking changed the world? Get the fuck out of here with that crap. It's such garbage. The fact that we are involved in such trash in this country and the weakness in the fucking pussies involved in everything that, go that goes on in this, in this world is, is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And people are accepting of it. The media sits there and fucking, you know, it, Trump was getting interviewed the other day on the Clay and Buck show. Great show, by the way. It's actually one of the, um, the uh, it's probably the top radio show in the country. And it's a conservative um, talk show. It's the in the old Rush Limbaugh um, time slot. And they interviewed, they were down in Mar-a-Lago and they interviewed Trump for an hour. And the media had flip-flopped this whole thing about Trump saying, you know, appreciating um, Putin's tactics. And, you know, I got to say from uh, uh, from the outside looking in, and you have an appreciation for wartime um, tact tactics and um, leadership, you have to you have to applaud somebody who can pull the shit that he's pulled with the you know with the, such a when you have a series of countries against you and you're by yourself essentially and you can pull this shit and pull the wool over people's eyes you, you should be applauded just like I applaud the people who beat the system I do not beat the system myself I appreciate the fact that people can do it I appreciate that skill set I'm sorry and Trump said the same thing and it turned into even though he's and after if you continued with the interview he had said that it's a bad thing what was going on it's a bad thing what what he was doing and of course the media flip-flopped that and said he was like you know buddy buddies and all this bullshit and it's just like you know what that's what you concentrated on once you concentrate on the shitty fucking job that this previous this this present administration is doing fuck the previous administration I don't give a shit what they say I don't I love listening to a Trump interview. I love hearing his opinion on things. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect what's going on now. Okay, his is just his opinion. I just value his opinion and his input, just like I would any other reputable reporter or news journalist or any or commentator. But they're just commentation. It's just commentary. Excuse me. It's nothing else. It doesn't have any bearing on the actions going on now. So shut the fuck up and concentrate on the bullshit that this motherfucker that's in office now is doing. Like seriously, it's it, it, they them ignoring it. It is nauseating. It's very telling of what is going on um, with this media and them being the puppets for this asshole. I have something interesting. 
I want to play. Hold on. I'm going to play this real quick. This is how weak and how fucking stupid, literally how stupid leftist mentality is. Listen. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. You know, you just you plan a trip. You want to go there. I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like who's going to what's going to happen there? Yeah. yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and, you know, this guy, he's a singular sensation in a certain way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know that the whole that he has that much support in his country, yeah, like you I say. Know. And maybe that has to be addressed because we've seen this movie before. Yeah. So Joy Behar, The View, we all know much I love that stupid bitch. Her concern about what's going on here, it's not lives. It's not a potential for maybe a war, depending on what happens, you know, over here. It's the fact that she can't go to Italy because she hasn't been there in four fucking years. That's it. And then she's going to sit there and say, well, maybe this guy doesn't have as much support over there as they thought. This is proof of the complete... Now, these are people that people look to. People look to Joy Behar and The View for whatever fucking reason for, like, adequate information and opinions. Which is bullshit. Her saying that is proof that she doesn't understand what is going on there as a whole. There have been polls, a recent poll, the past couple of years, and how you can how it's changed and the favorability that Stalin has actually had on people. There's people, more people now in Russia, believe in the favor are in favor of the way Stalin did things than they were 20 years ago. That's how much things have changed over there. That's how much things have slowly gone to shit and went from being in a you know just a regular country and try to fit in with the Western world since the fall of the Soviet Union, the Cold War, to we have nothing and we're nobody now. And Putin found a way to put in their heads that we need to be somebody and this is who we are. And, and to order to defeat a nation and defeat your enemy, you need to understand what their motivation is. And when you sit there and you, you as a commentator, and you don't even understand what's going on or who it is that we're we're in conflict with and you're trying to spread information and you so your only concern is whether or not you can go to fucking on vacation are you kidding me this is a prime example of being uh, separated from reality this is a prime example of people not understanding the rest of the world this is an example of this utopia that we all think exists and that we actually kind of live in not the rest of the world doesn't necessarily want to be like the, the what the, the Western world. They don't. Everybody thinks they want to be the United States. Everybody thinks the world wants to be the United States. Everybody thinks they want world peace. Everybody thinks that racism can end. Everybody thinks all this beautiful shit. It's not reality. There are nations in this world who do not want this. We over here in, you know, in other economically strong Western societies in, have this fallacy in our head that the world wants to be just like us. That, we, that our concerns in the world should be, you know, what our pronouns are and, um, <coughs> 
who can be in how woke are we in the military and who has the most expensive fucking sneakers and what color fucking hair am i gonna have and who can what 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 problems can i make up to make myself look like a victim like that's literally like the problems in 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 our in, in our societies in western society that's like the ignorance and the weakness in it there's no national pride in which i mentioned earlier that the left hates freedom and they hate patriotism they call it white supremacy because they look at it and they don't realize it but they look at it as a powerful thing and if you look at the nations like i just mentioned china and russia it's a powerful thing for them it's a powerful motivator in the government in the media do not want you to be like that they are very aware of the strength of pride and believing in your nation they do not they want you to hate your nation and they want you to while well, they're in charge of the nation that you hate which makes no fucking sense and reap the benefits of that nation and all that it produces and they want you to be at the mercy of them so they can reap the benefits while you suffer and do as they say now if you take a nation that, that's economically strong a world power and patriotism on top of that you want to know how unstoppable a nation of that that is that's why they fear conservatives and right-wing and patriot patriot people because we're patriots we believe in freedom we believe in capitalism and we believe that we can do it ourselves we can believe that we can produce it ourselves just like these other people china knows that they can make their shit themselves but they got the weak economy okay but they got the national pride it's forced national pride but they got the national pride Okay, so take the best of the two, of those two and squish it all together. Now, if we had our own energy and produced our own oil, be more unstoppable. And people wouldn't bother fucking with us. And what did we have the previous four years? We had patriotism. We had energy independence. And we had not one single battle or war started. Think about that think about that and I think I'm going to end it on that because there's a lot going on and I don't have the complete details when it's something this fresh and this new I don't like to um, speculate too much on what's going on because things could change in a heartbeat you never know Um, but I do want you to ponder the few things I had mentioned about the freedom, about the strength of pride, about the strength of all of it combined in what the previous administration was versus now. Don't have to say you like the previous administration. You can hate it all you want, but you can't, you can, if you look at the list from Reagan on of all the presidents, each president or each administration and the wars that were started, there's one glaring omission in that. So when you get to 45, there's a list of none. And it's like that for a reason. So think about the difference between the nation then and the nation now. Really. Think about who were the most powerful people those four years. The patriots. The capitalists. The ones who wanted less government. The ones who had all of it. They had the pride. They had the freedom. They had the economy. They had the jobs, and they had the money, and they had the energy. 
So don't forget, this is our Chitty Opinion. I'm Soul C. And don't forget, you can always leave a voicemail or a text at 339-224-4341. And always remember, we are triggering leftists one opinion at a time. Until next time. Thank you.